Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Joseva Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today we have a guest all the way from Guatemala. Her name is Johnny Mendez. Johnny, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are things going in Guatemala? It's warm. I'm in my sandals. It's perfect. <laughs> Great. Sounds good. It's pretty warm here as well. I'm in, I'm in Rio de Janeiro. Ah, it's hard life. <laughs> so uh, me and Johnny, we met at the Airbnb Open in San Francisco a few weeks ago. And uh, she has a very interesting story, so I'm very excited to have her as a guest on the podcast. So, Jenny, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and how you got started with Airbnb? Well, the first part of the story is how I ended up in Guatemala, I suppose. I was living in suburban America, working in a corporate job, and my husband died. And... Um, I realized I really couldn't keep doing the, the corporate job thing. So I came on, on a little retreat in Guatemala with a yoga teacher, and I just I had to live here after three days of being here. Um, so I built a house, and I've been here for eight years and totally love it. Wow. Um, about, I don't know, two or three years ago, my son was living in Boston and um was moving to the West coast of the United States and he discovered Airbnb and stayed exclusively in Airbnb places as he traveled and loved it and told me about the experience. And I started thinking it might be a nice way for me to make a little extra money, but more importantly to meet people because there's not a whole lot of people here in rural Guatemala. <laughs> um, there's some, but it's always nice to meet new people, especially travelers. And so I, um, I started hosting about a year and a half ago. Um, you got a award at the Airbnb Open, is that right? I did. I did. Tell us about I, that. I was one of two winners in the most unique listing category. Um, and I would, I'm still really thrilled about it. I think it's amazing considering all the fantastic places around the world that the house I love so much was was selected and um, it was a real honor uh, to be celebrated by other hosts at the Airbnb open and um, I'm still flying pretty high from it all <laughs> I can imagine yeah so your place was voted as most unique listing at the 2014 Airbnb open and you know, there, I think there were 1,500 hosts, so that's pretty impressive. Hello? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> One of the benefits of living in rural Guatemala is that the internet is not very reliable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. Uh, where, where exactly in Guatemala are you? 
I am in Santa Cruz, La Laguna, which is on the shore of Lake Atitlan, which Aldous Huxley described as the most beautiful lake in the world. It's surrounded by three volcanoes and a ring of mountains, and it's really gorgeous. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at some of, the, of your pictures on your listing, <laughs> and it, it definitely looks uh, pretty incredible. Are you renting out a room or are you renting out a complete house? No, I just rent out my guest rooms. So I have two bedrooms, my bedroom and a guest room, and I have a very large bathroom that I share with my guests mm -hmm. as well as a little mini bath. And um, I'm here all the time when my, when my guests are here. I'm always here to greet them and I'm in the house with them at night. Um, and that's part of why I love doing it. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it looks it looks great. And um, how has it been going so far? It's so great. Um, I have met some of the most delightful, interesting people from all over the world, really, mostly from the U.S., but I've had some guests from Australia and Europe um, and South America. And... Um, People with great experiences traveling. There's been several Airbnb hosts who've been here. Um, and I just love showing them this amazing place and sharing some of my secret joys here and sitting on the porch and talking or in front of a fire. And um, it's been absolutely great. Do you have any any funny experiences with any with, with your guests so far? Not really funny, I would say. Um, I had two guys who were such terrible slobs that I almost had to reprimand them and I had to really bite my lip to not say <laughs> something. But, um, but actually, no, I've had nothing but very pleasant experiences. And even the two slobs are very nice guys. <laughs> uh, I've had nothing but really pleasant, enjoyable experiences and um, great conversations and nothing stands out as really funny. Mm hmm did you have any concerns before you started with Airbnb? Yeah, I'm, I'm a widow and I, I live by myself with my dogs. And even though I live in a very safe place, um, I was a little concerned about having strangers in my house, particularly single men travelers. Mm -hmm. um, and I was concerned that my son would be concerned. I thought he would tell me he didn't want me to do it because of the safety issues. But when I talked to him... Um, I said, I, I was very nervous. Oh, honey, what do you think? And, and um, he just jumped into the conversation and said, oh, you absolutely should do it. It'll be great. You'll have such a good time. And the first few guests made me a little bit uneasy, but gradually I realized that they're traveling. And because of the safety of through the Airbnb network, I feel very, very safe. So I'm not really worried about it anymore. Mm -hmm. And we hear that a lot. Um, I think most people are a little bit apprehensive when before they start out mm -hmm. you just don't really know what to expect like what the type of people are, are going to be in your house and you know if people are gonna uh you know break your stuff or steal something or just be a general hazard um mm -hmm. but um i think the whole sort of airbnb community community is um consists of just very good people like friendly people people who love traveling who love sharing um, you know, with, with each other and learning about cultures. And I think yeah. otherwise they wouldn't be staying in an Airbnb place. I think, I think, you know, 
Otherwise, they'd be staying in a hotel. Right. I think by and large, you're right. And I think also part of the benefit here is that it's a very remote place. So we get travelers who have specifically chosen to come to this lake. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I've gotten requests actually from other Guatemaltecos um, for Semana Santa, which is Holy Week, which is the biggest holiday week here in Guatemala. And last year I got a request from a guy who wanted to bring eight of his friends and he's 22 and I only have one guest room. So um, I did turn him down because I didn't think eight guys could fit in two beds. And I suspected that they were really looking to just party very heavily. Right. But, um, but the travelers, the people who come from other countries, I think you're right. They're all, we all have a certain sense of, I don't know, respect and comradeship with each other, whether we're guests or hosts. And um, it's a nice, it's a nice connection. So you're pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Is that right? Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> how do, how do, uh, how do people uh, get food? Like, do they, is there a supermarket or do you, do you provide well, food for your guests or how do you, how does that work? I provide breakfast. Um, The lake, there are a couple of towns around the lake that have grocery stores, etc. but the one I live in does not have any grocery stores and only has two or three restaurants. Um, so people are limited in what they can eat. And, and I'm pretty clear with guests up front that this is a town that people come to because it's quiet. It's not, there's not a lot of bar activity or clubs or live music. Um, we, people come here for the peace and quiet. Mm -hmm. So I warn people in advance that they should buy snacks and things in the nearest big town, which is a 20 minute boat ride away. And I always offer for my guests to make a reservation for them for dinner at the, at the local hostel and hotel. Um, the first night they're here because Because we're so remote, the restaurants ask that people book in advance for dinner by three o'clock. Mm -hmm. And most of my guests here get here later. And so I always offer to book dinner for them. And it works out. People, people manage to eat and, um, and enjoy the quiet. And I, do you ever rent out your place when you're traveling yourself or when you're or back in the U.S.? Or? No, um, I have two dogs. And I feel really strongly about having people take care of my dogs. And so I don't think people should pay for a place and then be asked to have responsibility for two animals. Mm -hmm. So when, when I travel, I usually have friends house sit for me. Okay. Right. That makes, that makes sense. So you've been in uh, Guatemala for eight years. Yep. And you're yep. playing, you're playing. If I look at the pictures, um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking you probably don't want to ever leave. No, I really don't. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I leave as seldom as possible. And, um, I travel once or twice a year, but by and large, I really prefer to be here. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I do love it. And do you have any other activities other than your, your Airbnb hosting? Do I have any what? Any other activities? Like do you have, well, do you do any I'm, work or, or yeah, what, what do you do in your free time? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm retired. Um, I couldn't afford to be retired in the United States, but I can afford to be retired here in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. um, I teach English as a volunteer, and I have sometimes I have as many as four or five um, classes a week. Um, sometimes I'm down to just one or two uh, classes. 
and I participate in a writing group every week, and I'm still taking Spanish classes. Um, so I, I managed to keep busy, and um, new retirees often have a hard time in giving up being very active. Um, mm -hmm. But I've learned that it's actually really easy to sit around and be retired. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so your, your place is called, the, the, the village is called Las Vistas, right? My house is called Las Vistas. Oh, it's a house. Okay. And then Santa Cruz, is that the village? Santa Cruz La Laguna is the village that I live in, yeah. Okay. Are there, are there a lot of retirees from the, from the U.S. living there? Or? Um, we have a fairly nice size expat community and some of us are retirees. Others are, there's some young families who, who live here. Maybe they own restaurants or have other businesses to, um, to keep them going. And then there's a very large group of people who come here only say from November until April when we don't have any rain. Mm -hmm. um, and those people are often retirees or artists or people who manage to balance some sort of working six months and not working six months. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a nice size expat community. In the rainy season in Santa Cruz, there's maybe only 25 of us, but we can get to the other towns around the lake to, to get together with other expats if we choose to. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's see. Um, you know, I've been to El Salvador once, mm -hmm. and one thing I noticed is that a lot of people seem to think it's very dangerous to go to <laughs> El Salvador and Guatemala and, and some <laughs> of the other countries in, in Central America. What are, your, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? I get very frustrated with the U.S. Embassy um, declaring that places like Guatemala and Salvador and Nicaragua are dangerous. Um, yes, there is crime in Guatemala, and there's crime in El Salvador, but there's crime in New York City, and there's crime in Paris, and there's crime in London. Mm -hmm. And um, I've seen articles about the crime rates in Guatemala, specifically in the touristy areas of Guatemala, as compared to large cities in the U.S. or Europe. And basically, we're very safe, especially where I live in this little town with no roads. Um, so yeah, there's narco traffic that goes through Guatemala, but most tourists are not hanging out where the drug traffickers are. And there's a lot of gang violence in Guatemala City, just as there is in lots of other cities in the United States. Um, and again, the tourists don't hang out in those neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So if tourists are in the cities like Guatemala City or, or La Antigua, yes, they have to take the normal precautions that they would take in any big city. Um, but when you're out here in the mountains, um, we're just so completely safe. Or if you go to places like Tikal or um, Rio Dulce, other big tourist destinations in Guatemala, tourists are extremely safe. And so I, I feel that, I tend to feel that there's a bit of a political angle to why the State Department declares these countries so dangerous. And um, I really don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Because tourism is very important to poor countries like Guatemala. And mm -hmm. I think other countries should be encouraging tourism. I think Americans especially need to learn about other cultures. Americans are so isolated. We don't travel as a rule. So we really need to get out of our own comfort zone of the 50 states. Um, and I think the State Department should be encouraging tourism abroad as opposed to um, discouraging it. 
Yeah, I think I think what they do is they just kind of look at the aggregate figures. Because uh, yeah. when I went to El Salvador, um, yes, there is on average per per capita there are a lot of uh, you know a lot of there's a lot of violence and a lot of uh, killings and stuff. Mm -hmm. But that's really like you said. It it happens in certain areas where where, where clans are fighting each other, right? Mm -hmm. So when you when you you know, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to go to to even find that. You know what I mean? If you just go to the places that you want to go as a tourist, I right. felt completely safe, right? You know, so so I agree. I think you know they just look at the numbers and then they think, okay, well, there are so many people who die every year, so that must be a dangerous country, right? Right. And I think tourists face danger. I'm not saying that tourists don't face any danger in Guatemala. Of course we do. And of course there were robberies or pickpockets or whatever. But I think it's unfair to say it's so much worse than in large U.S. or European cities. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, in the end, everything you do has a certain risk. And uh, if you don't want to have any risk, then you should just stay, stay in your room stay <laughs> at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, then your life will be quite boring. So, uh, so um, I, you are a super host as well. I, I saw in your listing. Uh -huh. So you must be doing a, a really good job. Do you have any? So. Do you have any advice for for our listeners? You know, I I don't really. I mean, I think it comes almost naturally to me because I. I'm a pretty friendly, gregarious person, and I have always loved making people enjoy their time in my in my home, whether it's for a meal or for a visit. So for me, I just try to keep it simple for my guests. Um, I communicate frequently. I'm, I'm looking for messages all the time. Um, I understand that people are a little bit nervous about being in a country where they may not speak the language or they don't know where to go or they don't know what food they can eat. And I used to be really uncomfortable when I first here. So I try to go out of my way to explain how they should get around and where they can go, and what they can do. But it doesn't really feel like a whole lot of work for me because I enjoy it so much. But I don't have guests in my house every single day like some of the hosts we met in San Francisco. I mean, some of our colleagues have hundreds of, ho of guests a year and I, I've got, I think 30, mm -hmm. <laughs> 30 reviews or something in the year and a half that I'm here. Cause people don't really come during the rainy season, you know? So it's of course easier for me than it is for people with lots and lots of guests. Mm -hmm. Is it easy to, to get to this place? Well, you fly to Guatemala city and then you take a three-hour van or bus to the lake, and that trip is through the mountains, so it's up and down hills and around narrow curves. Mm -hmm. um, but then once you're here, and then you take a 20-minute boat, and then once you're here, you're good. Um, so it's a long trip, and most people from the United States have to spend the night in Guatemala City or fly on a red-eye or something to get here. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a long trip, um, but man, once you're here, it's just worth it. It's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've heard uh, good stories about uh, uh, about your area, and uh, so I'm, I'm personally definitely interested in at some point. Yeah, coming down. Put, put it on your wish list. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it's, uh, it's, I think Guatemala is, is one of the countries that not a lot of people go to. Yeah. No. It's, uh, it's one of those places where, I don't know if tourism is really on the, on the rise, but it's, it's, it's interesting because there's, uh, I know there's a ton of natural beauty. Oh, yeah. But I think yeah. maybe it's because of the bad reputation that, it, you know, that it's dangerous or something that's keeping tourism down. But um, I know, what, what do you think? Do you think it's going gonna, it's gonna to get a lot more? I'm hearing more and more Europeans especially saying that they've been hearing that Guatemala is the new cool destination. And it, um, I'm not sure whether it's on the rise. I mean, the tourism industry here really took a hit when the economy tanked a few years ago. And it's picked back up again. But more and more people are coming and talking about it. It's got, the whole country has got the most amazing natural beauty, mountains and um, volcanoes and lakes. And history that goes back 4,000 years, I mean, parts of Tikal, which is an um, Mayan ruin up in the Paten, parts of that are 4,000 years old. Um, so it's up there with anything from, from Mexico or other cultures that have that kind of truly ancient, amazing history. And then we've got a lot of Spanish colonial history and politics aside, there's some amazing architecture and art that the Spanish brought to all of Central and South America. Um, and then the people here are just so beautiful and kind and gentle. And they're very, very poor people, but they live a beautiful, peaceful life. And their traditions are colorful and interesting and, and something that you don't see in, in Europe or, or the States or Australia, for instance. So it's some, such a complete difference for people that... I think more and more people are getting the idea that it's a really wonderful place to visit. Awesome. I hope so. Yeah, I definitely like to come down at some point. But let's go back. Let's go back to your uh, to your listing uh, one more time because mm -hmm. if you it were to describe um, why why was it what's so unique about it? Like why was it voted most unique <laughs> listing on the Airbnb Open? And of course, it's easier when you look at the pictures. But if you were to describe it in words. What do you think makes your listing so special? Well, I think to start with is the fact that from my front porch, you're looking out over this gorgeous lake at three volcanoes, and I have sunrise and sunset views from my front porch. Um, and then um, I had the really good fortune to meet an amazing architect when I bought my land here, and she designed this perfectly round house. Um, that has a central courtyard in the middle that's open to the air. So I'm a New Yorker. I always describe my house as being like a pizza pie because the rooms are sort of triangular and they, the points of those triangles are in the central garden, which is filled with potted plants and orchids and ferns. Um, and you can stand in the center of my house and see the stars. Um, and then the rooms themselves are cozy. Um, there's lots of space, but it's not huge space. And then I have um, a porch that goes all around the house, which I describe as the crust of the pizza. And part of that 
um, crust is an outdoor bathroom. And from my bathtub and my shower, which is open to the air, you can watch the stars go by. And um, so it's, it is pretty special. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at the pictures and you, you're doing a pretty good job of describing it. But uh, yeah. I, I definitely uh, recommend everybody who's listening to to check out your listing. Even if you're not going to Guatemala, it's just the pictures are uh, yeah are just incredible. Um, I'll put the link in the in the show notes so people can can find it. Now, um, because you're so, it's such an interesting uh, spot where you're at. Um, I was just wondering what what do people come down for? Do people come for just relaxing or is there hiking going on or do people do water sports on the lake? What's, what are the main activities? Um, more adventurous people than I come to climb volcanoes. Um, you can climb volcanoes in Antigua. You can climb an active volcano in Antigua or you can climb one of the dormant volcanoes that's here at the lake. There's kayaking and swimming and definitely lots of wonderful hiking here. Um, so the athletic types come for that kind of thing. Other people come for the historical culture. And I would say most of the people who come to the lake go to other parts of Guatemala as well. So they go to La Antigua to see history, Spanish colonial history, or they go to Tikal to see Mayan ruins. And then the lake is the third largest tourist destination in Guatemala. And so we get people who are just traveling all around the world who coming through Guatemala, people who come here with a specific purpose of seeing ancient history and lots of people who just come for the natural beauty and sitting back. Um, what I have found is that it takes people about two or three hours after they get to my house and you can literally see them decompress. Just all the stress seems to just melt away. And I suspect the word is out that that's what the lake does to people. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Great. Well, uh, everybody check out the, uh, check out this listing. It's, it's really wonderful. Um, and, uh, Johnny, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank and you, Jasper. If I, uh, if I'm ever in the area, I will make sure to drop by. Make it a point to come. Yeah, it's hard to be. It's hard to be in the area of a place that's so far away from the center of town. So you have to make it a point. Right. Okay. Um, again, I will put your put your listing in the snow note, show notes. Great. And uh, yeah, if, um, maybe I'll see you next year at the Airbnb Open in Paris. That would be cool. That would be great. <laughs> so thanks everybody for listening, and of course every Monday and Thursday we have a new episode. And if you want to learn more about Airbnb hosting, you can go to getpaidforyourpet.com. We have some awesome resources. You can get the first few chapters of the book for free. You get the audio book as well as lots of blog posts about Airbnb hosting in general. So thanks everybody and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.